0: Um, welcome everybody to the Patty T Show. I am your host Patty T, here with Livis and coming over at Spoonbill. And are we in Lafayette or outside. We're in, we're in
1: Lafayette, Louisiana. Can you see that? That's Spoonbill. This is a, a, a newer restaurant here in uh, downtown Lafayette. Downtown Lafayette. Uh, it's called Spoonbill Watering Hole and Restaurant, and it's owned by some good friends of mine here in Lafayette, and it is a great place to eat. So, If you find yourself in Lafayette... Uh, Come on down to Spoonbill and uh, get yourself a cheeseburger and and a bunch of other great items on the menu.
0: Yeah, I I haven't looked at the menu personally, but I did taste some fries, and they were outstanding. So I might get some food later on, and we'll see what happens. But, J.D., what is Cane River Pecan Company?
1: Well, Cane River Pecan Company is a Louisiana-owned pecan company by my family. We've been in the pecan business since 1969, long time. That's a little older than me. I was born in 1969, so it's officially 51 years. Wow. Uh, So we've been in this business for a long, long time, and over the years, my family has been in every bit of the pecan industry. We have been growers, we have been shellers, we have been retailers, wholesalers, and uh, now we own a mail order catalog company, obviously a fully functioning website, and we have a walk-in retail store in downtown New Iberia uh, here in Louisiana
0: very nice wait so y- y'all still do the mail order we in? still do
1: mail order yep in fact we is it still successful very successful during the pandemic um our numbers were fantastic people were home they were baking they were they were taking pecans and putting them in muffins and cakes and cookies and it was great
0: yeah I, I, I get that from like a like a website standpoint but like mail in
1: well mail order I I say maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm using a term that's a little bit dated. Uh, when I say mail order, I mean we send out catalogs, okay. and then the catalogs generate orders. Oh, I guess now, you, you still do we like... ever get mail orders? Let me tell you something. You'd be surprised. We, about six times a year, we will literally get an envelope mm-hmm. with some very nice penmanship. So you know they're older. Right. Because <laughs> their penmanship was perfect back in the day. And it'll be an order for something they want, and a little check will be in the envelope. It's literally a little paper check. It's like they will calculate sales tax and everything. everything And they mail it in, and it's got a little note, and it tells you what they want. And they usually have a sticker for the return address that they got from some free place. And it's a real mail order check. We still do that.
0: That's incredible. I I figured that would have been long, long and gone, but I guess the population is still there that enjoys it.
1: Listen, you know, it's funny about banking and the way we use money today and how much has changed just in the last four or five years. Everyone's got cash apps now, right? Whether it's Venmo yeah. or something like that. So, you know, we run the gamut from checks in the mail to cash at the retail store to credit cards to Venmo. I mean, we'll just, I'll take your cash. I'll take payment <laughs> any way you want to give it to me. So that you heard that. Any kind of way you want to pay him, pay him he'll accept. I'll even do trade. I'll, I'll do all sorts of things. Barter's coming back. Let me tell you something. Louisiana, man, my dad was a small-town lawyer in Louisiana, in New Iberia, where we're from. And it was not uncommon for him to come home with a sack of yams from some client that owed him a bunch of money but couldn't pay cash but paid in some kind of produce. So that's a thing. And it still happens yeah. in these small towns.
0: I mean, and, and that, makes, that makes sense to me because in the smaller towns, people want to hold on to their cash. Well, am awesome. want to hold on to what they got, but if they've got a surplus in yams or they got a surplus in sugar or Look, something. I
1: tell people all the time, they if, they want, trade. if they want to trade with me, at least they're not working for peanuts. That's what I tell them.
0: You're working for pecans. They're working
1: for pecans. That's a, that's a real thing, man. So I've uh, got a lot of mileage out of that one over the years. I, I,
0: I bet. I bet. So the, the company was founded the year you were born. Yeah, so
1: 1951, my family got in the pecan business. My father and his brother uh, bought some pecan orchards on the Cane River which if you're from Louisiana, the Cane River runs in the central part of the state in mostly Natchez Parish. And the Cane River now is the Cane River Lake, actually. They they took a river and they dammed it on, on either end and it's a 32-mile stretch between the two dams.
0: Okay, so it's kind of like so it's River and yes, New Rose. Yes,
1: exactly. But it's a lot thinner and it's a lot river more river-looking. The, the, the False River is more the Mississippi. Um, I'm very familiar with False River as well. But the Cane River runs 32 miles. It's dammed to both ends. It's a very narrow river. It's a beautiful, beautiful river. And our orchards were located um, outside of Melrose, which is on the Cane River. And we had our first retail store on Front Street, which is the main street of Natchitoches. Okay. So that's the history of kind of how we got the name, where we started our pecan growing. Uh, But my family was always from New Iberia. So our mail order is from New Iberia,
0: and that's what we still have today. But our orchards were in Natchitoches Parish. So do y'all still have them in Natchitoches Parish, or have y'all moved every... Th- I we've not, moved, so you can't move the trees. Well, we can't move, move the, the
1: trees? trees, but we've moved the whole operation in New Iberia, okay. and we no longer farm trees anymore. Okay. We, we, have, we outgrew our farm years ago. We were selling more pecans than we could grow, and so we started to buy pecans from different uh, outlets throughout the Gulf South. So we deal with some companies in Louisiana Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, uh, Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia. Oh wow! We buy pecans from multiple places.
0: Okay. And, and
1: one of the reasons for that is because we're always looking for a certain grade of pecan. We're looking for a certain quality of pecan. Okay. We're in that. What we're in what's called the gift market, or the, and so we're looking for a gift quality pecan. It's a higher level pecan. So you sometimes we have to search a little bit for what we need exactly, so depending on how the crop is.
0: So and y'all sell like. Your gift market, that's your bread and butter, or is that your only it's our bread and butter on the table?
1: Not really. I mean, our, we sell pecans year-round. Um, however, in the fall, we sell to a lot of companies that want business gifts. So think of um, oil field companies, law firms, uh, insurance companies, you know, commercial banks. I could go on and on. Accounting who might, firms. Accounting firms, CPAs especially, who might need 50, 100, 300, 500 gifts at a time. And so we can take those gift lists, we process it, and we send out pecans all over the country. Wow. In fact, today we had an order that came in for 900 pieces. Oh my gosh. So we were sending out 900 cans of pecans, or gift tins of pecans for that company uh, in a couple of weeks.
0: And so what, what is like your number one skew right now?
1: We have a pecan gift tin. It holds up roughly about two pounds of pecans, and it's got three different flavors of pecans in it. It's got a, it's got a section of milk chocolate, praline and roasted pecans, and we probably sell about 45,000 to 55,000 of those a year.
0: Wow. Yeah. And, and that's just but, that But one only one. in like a certain time of the year, not that, all year that's long. That's
1: right, six weeks. In six weeks? Yeah, about six weeks. So we sell year-round, but our, I tell people as an accountant, you'll, you'll appreciate this, there's four business quarters, right? Right. I tell everybody that I operate in the fifth quarter. And people are like, what's the fifth quarter? The fifth quarter is from Thanksgiving to Christmas. And so my business is in the fifth quarter. And that's where we operate, in that little margin right there. So, if you look at my company, which is interesting, uh, for the first nine months of the year, we do under a million dollars a year in business. But for the final three months of the year, we, if you ext- we, we do clear over, we're north of three million a year. So, it's like an accordion. We have to adjust for that last three months, and it's a different animal.
0: Right. And so, so how, do you, how do you, I mean, you've got those three months that are super, super pure, super busy. How do you adjust your workforce, your scheduling for the other nine months that are super, super lean?
1: You know, we've been doing it for so long. We've got nine full-time employees. And so what happens is when we get into January and we have to go all the way through September, we rely more on our full-time workload or or, or our full-time staff to handle those nine months. And then we bring on a lot of seasonal workers to fill in for the last three months of the year. And our full-time people then kind of uh, become managers of sorts okay. to manage the, the temporary seasonal people. So think of like, like Amazon and UPS. Uh, they are hiring a lot of seasonal workers right now to get through the crush of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we do the same thing. Okay. And then when the season's over, we kind of go back to our full-timers. Because gotcha. our, full-ti- our full-time staff can handle the first nine months yeah. of the year.
0: Right. So like, what, what is your... What, what, what type of products are y'all moving in those first nine months of the year? Because during the last three months, you're, it's all gift stuff. Everything's right. gift. Are you still seeing gift purchases happening? We're, or seeing, is it more...
1: we're seeing more uh, consumers who want to buy pecans for their personal needs. But incidentally enough, because we deal with so many companies that give so many corporate gifts, we have a lot of companies that have off-season needs. They might want to send gifts out for prospecting. They might want to send gifts out for client appreciation. They might want to send gifts out during trade shows or conventions. They might want to have gifts set aside for board of directors or retreats or sales meetings, regional sales meetings, those kind of things. So we have all kinds. We've got so many companies buying from us. They have all kinds of different needs. We also have a big – we also do king cakes. We okay. make our own king cakes. So you all
0: make them in-house? In-house. All, okay.
1: And we took advantage of the fact that we're a Louisiana-based company. We do a pecan praline king, king cake. except yeah. in it. And we have a nice little first quarter push, January, February, pushing some king cakes out. A lot of our clients who are based in Louisiana, but who have clients outside the state of Louisiana, love sending king cakes. You know, one of the things that we love in Louisiana is we love our culture. Oh, 100%. And so we love exporting our culture, too. And the people who don't live in Louisiana love Louisiana for her culture, and, and so it's it's a perfect situation. King cakes is one of those ideal situations where we get to send, we get to export some of our culture around the country. I always say on Mardi Gras, you know, to us it's Mardi Gras; to everybody else, it's just another Tuesday.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we so we take advantage of that. We we close schools on that Tuesday. That's right. We close businesses
1: that whole week. We're not as good as Ville Platte that closes the day before squirrel season. I don't know if you know that. They close all schools the Friday before school se- Wait, squirrel season. So
0: they close schools the Friday before squirrel yeah, season. In Ville in Platte, Louisiana,
1: they close schools the Friday before squirrel season so all the kids can go to the camp with their daddy to go squirrel hunting on Saturday morning. Isn't that's, that fantastic? That's incredible.
0: You, sh- you haven't I been to Ville
1: Platte to do a story on this? I, no, I have not. Well, if, next if any, year. If
0: anybody's in Ville Platte listening, Glenn Hatcherson says, yes, sir. I'm assuming that's If you're a, a Fontenot,
1: now. you're from Ville Platte. <laughs> And if you're a though, you know about closing schools in Ville Platte. If, if you've got a, a business out in Ville Platte, Jack, uh, Bar- Jack Miller's Barbecue. You need to go check those guys out. All right, Jack. Legendary. Okay, they're Bill, on. The, they on the list. They are a Ville Platte icon. Yeah, man. You come down here, the educated tonight. I, I need to. I mean,
0: yeah, I'm getting out of Baton Rouge. You know, this is my second. This week is the second week, second show in a row. That I've been in Alexand- Alexandria. Really, I was in for Cajun Nation, Cajun Nation Season Company, in Lafayette on Monday. I don't
1: know those guys. The Red Can. Yeah, they need to do a. They need to do a
0: season pecan. What's going on with those guys? All right, it's Zach. So <laughs> hit them up. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you're you're in pecans. You're the right. the CNO chief nut officer. Chief nut like, officer. Now wait. make
1: sure we get this right. Chief nut officer. I'll tell you a funny story about that. Okay. I had a consultant years ago out of uh, Chicago, who we had hired to do some help to get our mail order off the ground. This is back like in 2002. And I told him, I said, look, I go by the title of CNO. And he's like, CNO, what's that? I said, that's the chief nut officer. He said, you know, no one's ever gonna take you serious doing that. I said, I'm in the pecan business. I'm not trying to be serious, we're trying to be memorable. And to this day, I've had many, many people forget my name, but they never, I've forgotten C. my my title, and you know you you had to be in the C-suite, right? CEO, COO, CFO.
0: There had to be some room for a CNO. I, I, I hold look, I hold to agree with that. It's like when people when I had a, I had a lifestyle brand and I was selling T-shirts, right? Right. And people were like, well, no one's going to take you. They same thing. Well, is it? How can you be serious in the business world and sell this product and carry yourself this way? So that's you're missing the point there. We're not supposed to be serious, and it's okay to do that in business. It's okay to understand your product can't doesn't have to be serious. Now, in accounting, yeah, sure, i got to be professional and very polished, but when doing a podcast or when doing pecans, you can have the opportunity to be yourself more, Absolutely. to open up more, and just be a chief nut officer. But
1: let me also make this point of distinction because you might have some listeners that are watching this tonight and saying, you know, there's been a lot of people in this country make a lot of money on T-shirts. Yeah. There's been a lot of people make a lot of money on hats and sunglasses and all sorts of things, socks and shoes. And so, you know, it goes back to kind of what you're passionate about and how, how big you want to be and, and how, 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 um, how hard you want to work at it. Because it doesn't matter what you're out there selling, you can be extremely successful. And I love reading about these niche businesses that do so extraordinarily well. Right. And we've all heard about them. I mean, I don't know if you follow Guy, Guy Raz and. How I built this on NPR. And
0: I, I, I've heard of it that I don't kind follow of it religiously.
1: Well, just a lot of business stories about people doing things kind of in the cracks almost and, and making just a lot of money doing it.
0: Yeah, and there, you don't have to be the biggest or the greatest in whatever industry you're going in. So long as you can find your customer base, your area, your space you can dive into, people will flock to that naturally.
1: Well, and I'll tell you this too. and One of the things I tell a lot of young business people is that you've got to realize that we live in a huge country. I mean, we have a lot of consumers in this in this country, and America, and well, and America loves to consume as well. We're we do anything well, we we consume. That's our that's our thing, bro. Right. So, um, you know, we uh, if you've got a product, and you're going to put a little passion behind it, there's a good chance you're going to do very well. And things like Instagram have really catapulted a lot of small business owners, where they have an instant voice across landscape and, and it's
0: not just Instagram it's all social media that's right. I, I saw y'all did a post um, which I was wanted to ask about so a great segue for this you did a post and you said filming is resuming
1: yeah what do y'all film so um, we did a little film that's going to come out in a couple of weeks if not less uh, some Instagram it's some uh, LinkedIn films okay we're putting a little more emphasis this year on our LinkedIn marketing we think that LinkedIn is, is, a, is a platform that we really haven't tapped into as deeply as we should Because as a pecan business gifting company, we want to tap into sales uh, folks, business development folks, Uh CEOs, marketing managers. And we want to speak directly to them to say, hey, if you've got to do some gifting, some strategic gifting, because this ought to be a strategic marketing decision, then we want you to consider us as your partner and give us a chance to do some of this with you.
0: Absolutely. So the
1: filming was for a film, we, 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 we shot some 30 second, 45 second, minute, minute and a half uh, pieces that we're gonna stitch all together and release on some of those platforms.
0: So what made you wanna go that route? Because LinkedIn, when you, when you talk to the, the basic, the lay who's not very familiar with the different social media platforms and the different audiences that each platform has, LinkedIn is not just for finding jobs, as people right. imagine. It's, oh, well, I'm gonna go on LinkedIn, I don't need a job, I got a job. And I said, well, you're missing, you're missing a mark there. If you're looking at LinkedIn from that perspective, you don't understand the platform well enough to make a judgment on if it's good enough or not for a business, when in reality, you're meeting marketers, you're meeting individuals that are salesmen, like you said, CEOs. You're meeting potential customers on there. You're not trying to meet you know employees all the time. Let
1: me tell you what we love about LinkedIn. First of all, we've done some small amount of posting to LinkedIn. And the numbers that I'm seeing on LinkedIn is absolutely remarkable. Yes. It's actually shocked to me.
0: The, the algorithm in LinkedIn is, to the best knowledge, is like a 2007, 2008 Facebook. Right. Before they got right. real nitpicky and specific right. on what you needed.
1: So the numbers are huge. And not only does it, it and it seems to have a longer shelf life. Yes. If you post something to Instagram... You got about a twenty-four hour shelf life, and then you don't get any hits. I post things to, Insta, to LinkedIn, and I'm two or three weeks later, we're still getting hits. I, it's I, unbelievable. I, I'm
0: still getting hits on a two two week old post. Right on, you know, Insta- on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn. And okay. LinkedIn is my biggest platform right now.
1: Okay. So we love that about LinkedIn. And this, but this is what I even love more about LinkedIn. We are trying to sell business gifting to. A load of individuals. And so what I like about LinkedIn is that when we advertise on LinkedIn or we post on LinkedIn and you're checking your LinkedIn account, not all the time, but the, the likelihood is that you're in a business mindset. Yes. Okay? We go home on the weekends. We go home at night. We check our Instagram. We check our Facebook. TikTok. Maybe whatever other things you're into. TikTok, yeah. Snapchat, whatever it is. But when you're on LinkedIn, you're not really that on the weekends and after work because you're not in that mindset so i want to catch you when you're in your business mindset yes and that's what i liked about the linkedin
0: platform yes you you're, you're reaching people who are probably checking in at work right for work right you you've got so many sales personnel who are on linkedin trying to meet people i mean i think I've, I've friend requests i've connected with I, I think i'm approaching like eight thousand people on linkedin for my personal page and each time i'll connect with somebody who's either a real estate man a real estate broker an insurance broker they're always shooting me a message saying, hey, have you talked to your financial... They're, they're, they're selling as soon as you connect. And
1: I'll tell you, just, just this week alone, look, what are we on, Wednesday? So it's just it's in the Wednesday. last two and a half days, yeah. three days. I have made a connection with a major transportation company about some gifting needs they had based out of North Carolina. I made connections with a company out of Florida. is a large landscape commercial landscaping company. They operate in six different states. These are the kind of companies that we need to mine. These are the kind of companies that we're looking for. There's another company in South Carolina that's in a healthcare company called McClo- McCloid. We have found some monster companies through LinkedIn. So we're mining that data and we're reaching out to the decision makers to say, hey, we're a gifting company. We think you'd love what we have. We'd love to see you some samples, make a connection, start a relationship, start a conversation, see where it goes.
0: You start building that professional relationship. That's right. Rather than having to Google, go through all of their employee address books online, That's right. you're finding the... Oh, you're, you can go to a company profile. Hey. If it's set up appropriately and most large most large organizations are, you can go to a company's profile, find out who is employed by said company, dial in and you can see in their title on LinkedIn, they're very savvy to put what their position is. You go and find somebody that's either chief marketer, chief operations manager, or CEO for some businesses and you shoot them a message.
1: Well, the other thing I like to, message. I, I like to know where they went to college Yeah. You know, were they in the SEC? Were they in? uh, connection? You know, uh, listen, we'll get into this maybe if we have time. But I found a guy today on on uh, LinkedIn who went to West Point. Okay. Now I I happen to have another company that I own that creates some toys. Okay. And this toy company actually makes a product for West Point.
0: All right, we're gonna dive into that. And when I
1: when I send him the toy that I have from West Point as a gift, because I believe in gifting, we haven't even talked about my belief and just general gifting and how that opens doors, I'm telling you, this guy is gonna call me back. Now, he runs a $2.5 billion company, right? That's with a B. Right. It's a big boy. And so it is gonna it is going to be a relationship starter without a doubt. And, and, and so LinkedIn provides you some nuggets of information that you just can't get anywhere
0: else. Yes, you, you, you can't get it anywhere else, and you can leverage that instantly. Yep. You don't have to go through a, an assistant or a personal manager you can right. just say oh they went to this college this their connection you can look at what pages they like to get their interest you can scope out how can I best make a connection and gifting which we can dive straight into on your well, belief of gifting. yeah because are you familiar with the Gary Vaynerchuk With who Gary Vaynerchuk yeah yes so he had somebody and he was talking about this this action figure he's been trying to search for for the longest time okay this guy found it Message went through the channels and sent it, and then ended up on his show. Yeah, and nobody found out what he liked, gave first, and then threw in the ask. Right. So many people want to connect and ask first. Oh yeah, well, they don't let me want tell to you. give.
1: It's a little secret I know about, and this is the truism. So there's, if you're in business and you're trying to have the get, right? You're trying to find somebody. Everybody's got their, like, top five, top three, top ten people they really want to get in front of, right? Yes. Some client they want to get in front of because they want to build their business. But they want to to establish a relationship, but they don't know. They they can't. They don't want to call them or they don't know what to say. Have you ever tried sending a gift first and saying, you know, I did a little research, Patrick, and I found out that you love duck hunting, and I thought you might really enjoy this little duck call that I found. Uh, This handmade duck call out of Arkansas, something of that nature. Right. If you get something like that and you're not going to reach out and say thank you, you're just an asshole. And you might not want to do business with an asshole. You might not want to. But but you might want to do business with an asshole too. It doesn't matter. (laughs) But the the, the fact of the matter is that you have a chance to open a door that previously was not open to you. Yes. And it it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be showy. It can be very, very, very small. But specific
0: and unique to the individual.
1: I found out there was a CEO of a major, major, major national company that was in Atlanta, Georgia. And I got in, fr- I got in front of this guy and I found out that he was a big uh, fisherman for, um, he was a trout fisherman, freshwater right. trout. And I found a company that sells these belts with the, uh, with the, with the pattern of the fish on the belt. It's a $35 belt. Nothing. Sent right off to him. He never got anything like that in his life from anybody. Instantly, doors open. So it's, it, it, I tell my people from Louisiana, if you've got clients outside of Louisiana, consider sending them a king cake. They probably miss home. They've missed Mardi Gras. Yeah. They can't find king cakes in Kansas City. Send them one. Wealth, I've got a wealth advisor friend of mine in town. He said he opened a million-dollar account because he sent the guy a king cake. Reminded <laughs> him of a home. So I've,
0: I've, got, I've, got, I've got a funny story about a king cake. My... My dad worked with the, with somebody in the engineering world in Louisiana, and they moved off to, I think, North or South Carolina. They had no idea what king, king cakes were, right. and they didn't know what it is, and so he called my dad and said, hey, can you send a king cake? And he said, sure, not a problem. And he sent him a king cake, but he called the bakery and said, hey, can you put a baby in every single piece of king cake? <laughs> So the guy is explaining to them the king cake and how there's one baby. Right. And if you find it, you got to buy a king cake. And it was like, it was like 20 babies? <laughs> it was 20. And he called my dad and said, you little. Mm. That's hilarious. Because I just spent an hour explaining to them the concept of king cake and everyone got a baby. Hey, king cake for years now. Oh, absolutely. That's,
1: that's really funny. You know, I've enjoyed uh, the king cake business has been interesting. You know, we've, we're kind of new to the king cake business. Yeah,
0: when, when did y'all get into the king we've cake business? We've only been in it
1: about three or four years now. and um, But I've done a lot of research. Okay. And we're about to start doing King Cakes better. That's all I can tell you right now. All right. Better. There's been a lot of old-time, grocery, uh, old-time bakeries that are very established all over the state, mostly in New Orleans, in, rightfully so. Um, but we're about to do it on steroids. We're about to do it a little bit better. So okay. we're trying to – we really try to make sure that we're making more of an impression because really at the end of the day – if, uh, if someone's law firm uh, comes to us and they need 50 King Cakes, we're really representing the law firm. We're not representing Cane River Pecan Company. We're representing our clients. And so we want to put something out in the market that they're proud of, that they can get attention, and get the kind of response that they're, that they're
0: wanting. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. they're, they're entrusting in you, because they're sending these gifts to clients. Correct. To thank them That's right. for their business over the years, their generosity, their continued support throughout whatever it may be. And if it's a bad gift, that's right. They're gonna people remember the bad way more than they remember the good.
1: Unfortunately, they do. And you know, we have our we've had a few wrinkles over the years, and we've had to step up quickly to make it right. And we do, we will, uh, because we understand that uh, we are just a conduit for companies who are trying to make a good impression.
0: Yeah, and so w- within that in the King Cake world, what made you want to adapt and? Pivot well, the to thing that about market? it was we
1: had. <laughs> The, the real story is that we had we started offering these gourmet cookies, okay. pecan cookies, with three flavors. We have a chocolate chip pecan, coconut pecan, and a butter pecan cookie. And so we bought all, this, all, the, all the equipment for the cookies. And we're selling a lot of cookies, right? And so January comes, and the pecan business is basically done for the next nine months. And so I had a bunch of workers that were like, hey, you know what? We ought to do king cakes. We're all here. And King Cake starts oh, well, on January work, the 6th, yeah. we'll just get two more months of work. I said, you know what, let's do that. And so we started promoting to our, our, local, cl- our local clients and hey, we do King Cakes also. It's like anything, it's, it's small. You know, I think the first year we did four or 500, the next year we did like 12 or 1500. Last year we did close to 3000. So it's growing, but it's getting to a point where now we're really excited about it and we do a nice cake. It's a great cake, good packaging, And our clients know that we know how to handle large gift lists. We do that extraordinarily well. So a lot of people who trust us with their pecan order will trust us with their king cake order because they know that we know how to handle large gift to lists. Right. And that's really kind of a thing where, you know, if you've got to send out 25, 50, 100, 300 cakes, not everybody can do that.
0: No. But we can. Because you've got the the logistics, you've got everything in place to handle... An order of that magnitude that it's really not a big deal that's exa- uh, that's exactly right for y'all to just say oh add 3,000 king cakes to the order no problem right you know you, you, you've built up almost a logistics company and a trust and, and, and a trust in your in your customers and your clients that say oh if we order hundred they're gonna deliver so
1: this is a story about cl- people that you're interviewing small businesses young businesses uh, are, are, are just businesses in general That can look for opportunities outside of their mainstream um, offerings to see what other little things they can do and offer to uh, help, you know, complement what they're already doing. And this is a situation for us.
0: Right, especially with COVID. Well, people have had to adapt, otherwise, you go out of business. Real quick. Real quick and real fast. And those people that have been, you know, I, I wanna say, keeping an eye out for something like this, but people that have kept a cash reserve, that as soon as you see a business or an entity go out, that they can acquire and fits their model, they eat it up.
1: That's and right. then their
0: business is gonna expand tenfold. That's right. And so, for y'all saying, oh, we need to figure out a way to maybe keep some more workers around for two or three months, king cakes makes sense. You were adaptive. Right. And, it's, it's and it was a slow time the of the year for us too. It's a slow time of the year. So now, like for me, if I'm a CNO, chief nut officer. In your case, I'm thinking, okay, after Mardi Gras, what can we do next? Right. What's the next product that we can get to a full 12-month busy season?
1: And then we identify other seasonal opportunities. And we look at all the major holidays in America. So you got Mardi Gras, then you got Valentine's, and you have Easter and Mother's Day and Father's Day. The summer is tough. I mean, people are like vacation. There's not a lot of opportunities for us. But honestly, we enjoy the break because we get a chance to start focusing on what we need to do to get the fourth quarter done successfully.
0: Right, you can plan, strategize, regroup. Because, I mean, so y'all aren't, like you said, y'all aren't farming all these pecans in-house. How do you, from a logistics standpoint, get in touch with the farmers and say, hey, we project we'll need X number of pecans at
1: certain level grade? We don't deal directly with farmers, we deal directly with shellers. So, in the pecan industry... What's, What's the difference? Right. So, in the pecan industry, there's not a lot of vertical integration, unfortunately. So, growers grow. Pecan growers grow pecans. They harvest all their nuts, and they sell them by the truckload to shellers. Shellers buy the pecans in the shell, and they process them. They take the meat out of the shell. So, then you got all this different kind of meat. And so, it's the shellers who then sell to the grocery store people, to the gift people, like myself, and to other entities. But it's kind of a two-step process. You grow and then you shell. And that's the process in the, in the pecan industry. And I have to believe it's probably a lot like that in the other nut businesses as well. I don't follow peanuts and pistachios and cashews and almonds. But I'd have to believe that there's probably some, some, some of that as well.
0: So why, why is there not... More vertical.
1: I think in the I think in the pecan industry. Look at here. Look, a little beer fairy showed that's up. That's it.
0: That's what I'm look saying. At, they're on, well, Spoonville's Spoonville's on point. They
1: never let you get empty at Spoonville. I
0: love it. I Their tagline
1: is "Tastes like good times," and we never let it get empty. Um, I think I think one of the big things in the I can only speak to the pecan industry, right? Of course, because the pecan harvest is in the fall, and the two biggest American holidays. Which is probably Thanksgiving and Christmas coincide with the harvest. We just have a lot of consumption of pecans, and as a result, pecans have made their way in all of these heirloom recipes that we we just cherish, right? Pecan pie, and you know, I could I could go down the list. Pecan
0: pie, pecan pie being the biggest. It's like four scum with shrimp. Right. You could just go down the list. Right. My my parents live on a they live in a plantation in sunshine. Okay. And they've got probably 10 or 12 pecan trees. Okay. And she'll make dehydrated pecans. Okay. Salted. Pecans. And she'll wrap that up and gift it. Right. Or she'll take them in and do some some, some right. cinnamon sugar
1: roasted coating pecan. and roasted yeah, yeah.
0: pecans. So she does all that with her own pecans. Or chopped pecans.
1: Can. And she'll eat them straight out the shell. And yep. So there's, the great thing about pecans, you can enjoy them a million different ways, which is a great thing. They're very, they're very diversified. There's a lot of variety with pecan use. But... Um, but because the fall harvest is so close to these big American holidays, I just think there's not a lot of vertical integration because the farmer couldn't farm them, harvest them in October, November, and then shell them fast enough to get them out into the market. They just He had to be like, listen, I just have to sell them and let the next guy take them from there.
0: And that makes sense because if, unless you have just a massive operation.
1: And there's some people that have done it, but there's not many.
0: And not many because it's, it's so much to keep up that you have to fit your year's revenue in four and a half months. It's tough. And then the other months, what are you, what are you doing?
1: Right. It's, I tell people a lot of times, we're like a school. You know, you employ a teacher for, t- for 12 months, but you only pay them for nine months. You only need them for nine months, but you pay them for 12 months. I got a bunch of employees that work for us that we pay for 12 months when I really, really need them. For two and a half months but but i mean we've grown over the years where we're legitimately busy for the other nine months of the year but it wasn't always the case years ago
0: yeah
1: but uh i couldn't bring in seasonal people always to handle that last three months i needed somebody that had some experience yeah
0: I mean, so. it, it, it makes sense to have the people that are there for nine months say look for nine months out of the year you're the regular employees. That's but right. The other three months, you're the managers. That's right. Because you, you've done it for so long. You're and, full-time. You know the
1: system. And you can kind of hover around and make sure that we got these, you know, our shipping department's a right example. We've got one person working in the shipping department for nine months. And when the holidays hit in October, we've got to bring in four or five more people. Yep. And she manages those four or five people. She becomes logistics manager. That's right.
0: That's, that's right. That That's incredible. So you've got all these pecans happening. You've got five months out of the year, you've got true seasons happening for the summer months. Are you looking at any unique products, ideas? Are you even diving into how can social media help play a part in reminding people gift giving's a year long thing?
1: Of course we are. And um, you know, I have spent an, an inordinate amount of time thinking about things like this. Um, how can corporate gifting play a role in your company year round? And one of the things that I love most is prospecting. And we talked a little bit about this a few minutes ago, about the idea that there's always like 10 to five or three people that you want to get in front of and you've had a hard time doing it because you don't know what you can do. They're not answering your phone calls. They're not answering your text messages. They're not answering your emails. You can't seem to connect with them on a social media platform, but you know that they've got something, you you know they need something that you're offering. And so I say, well, why don't you try some gifts? Why don't you try that and see if it might work for you? Uh, Send something to them before you do business. Find out and put a little story with it. Maybe write a little handwritten note and, and tell them why you're sending what you're sending to them. Try to make a connection that way, a personal connection. You know, for me, my father was famous for taking pecans off our farm and he would crack them. He wouldn't shell them. He would just crack the shell. And back when I was young, we used to go to the grocery store and they'd give you a brown paper bag to bring your groceries home in. And that's an old concept. And he would take these brown paper bags and he'd put about three pounds of cracked pecans. He'd fold the bag down, he'd staple it shut, and he'd bring these three pound bags of pecans to people he knew. But he also would bring it to some people that he didn't know really well, but he was trying to establish relationships with. And people just loved it. And it was a great icebreaker. It was a great way to get to know somebody for the first time. And he put a little note that says, you know, I'm an attorney, but I'm also a pecan farmer. And I thought you might enjoy some of the pecans from my farm.
0: Who's going to say anything negative about that?
1: Yeah. Nobody. Yeah.
0: I'm not, I'm not going to say no if somebody brings me some crackers. So
1: let's say you're a wealth advisor and you're based in New Orleans. And you want to reach out to a guy who's living in Tennessee. And you send a king cake and say, look, down here in Louisiana, king cakes are a big part of our tradition and our culture. And I wanted to share that with you, even though you have no knowledge of what this thing is. That guy's going to be hard-pressed not to open some crack in that door, to get an opportunity to start a conversation that leads to another conversation, that leads to another conversation that might lead to some business opportunity.
0: Yeah, and, and, and if, it, if it doesn't lead to some business opportunity directly, if you maintain those relationships and you continue to foster them and kindle them, You'll get some indirect business. Absolutely. You'll get referrals after referrals. That's what, if I tell people, look, don't go in, if you're as a, as a sales advice, don't go into every single prospect call as selling to this person. Right. Go into every prospect call as establishing a relationship with the person right. and being back of mind. That's right. Being back of mind for two, three months down the line, I'm having a conversation with somebody. And if you're a wealth advisor, we'll continue that scenario. If you're a wealth advisor, somebody could be sitting and having a dinner with their friends and they're saying, look, I'm at the point in my life, I've got my debts paid off. I'm starting to look to grow my wealth to maybe, you know, open a 401k, an IRA, whatever it may be. And then your friend that you've had this relationship with can tell that person, oh, my buddy, so-and-so does that.
1: I'll and tell I you,
0: do that because I've got the relationship there.
1: And let me add this too. You never know when a person has a vendor relationship and that vendor relationship changes. Yes, for whatever reason, maybe the price got too high, maybe the guy you worked with left for another job, maybe they got a new manager and they changed all the. I mean, it doesn't. The fact of the matter is, you've stayed in, you've stayed in, you've stayed in, and then when they most need you for whatever reason, you're there. Yes. So that's a beautiful and, and thing, man. You're,
0: you're, you're and listen, and you're right creating. now,
1: and, and right now with this pandemic going on, think about this: nobody is going to conventions. Nobody's going to trade shows. Very few people are getting in their car or an airplane and visiting clients. What a great time to embrace a tangible gift that you can send to somebody that you can't go visit. Just a little reminder that, hey, Patrick, we're thinking about you.
0: Yeah. We're, so, we're, we're, we're thinking about you, and you know what? I've got these upcoming times open. Let's have a virtual chit-chat. Right. Just em- embracing the non-personal connection that you're able to have. And finding a different way like we said at the beginning if you're not getting creative you're not staying in business that's right and getting creative in the fact of oh let's have a, a one-on-one phone call just to eat shell, just to shell pecans over. that's right that's right I mean, just something like that can be so powerful. look one of for my,
1: businesses. Fa- my favorite thing one of my favorite things to do you said about your family
0: having some pecan trees and is it your mother who does all these different things it's, it's the, my it's, it's my, my, my mom will do all the different recipes with them, my dad will actually harvest okay. them and okay. shell
1: them. One of my favorite things to do is if you have a pound of pecans and you send a little family recipe. Hey, dear John, uh, my mother loves to make rosemary roasted pecans and I grew up eating them and I love them and here is her recipe and a pound of pecans from Cane River I thought you might enjoy. I mean, if that's
0: not personal, I don't know what is. So, and, and, and on, the, on the personal note, I feel like there might be a little sliding away from it. Oh, big time. Within my my generation. Sliding away from that personal connection in the bulk of things. Not everybody. There are some people in there that are understanding the personal connection or continuing the personal connections. But in the grander scheme of things, the bulk and the majority of people, they're doing a numbers game.
1: I agree with you. I think that your generation is, you know, listen, texting and Digital correspondence um, is, is, is certainly here and it's important. Uh, it's not going to go away. But there's something tactical about getting a card in the mail, uh, about uh, having something that's been handwritten. And I believe it's going to become even more important uh, as your generation uh, gets a little bit older. And, and I would tell anybody listening who's young, and I say young, under the age of 40, let's just use that as a, as a, as right. a line, um, that I would invest in some stationery, and I would invest in a nice pin, and um, I would get to learn people's addresses and um, work I on would, your handwriting, work on your here, yeah, work on your penmanship, and um, and listen, I, I have done some um, some pretty unique things when it comes to business cards and stationery that uh, you can incorporate in your own business. That's a lot of fun, and it's memorable, and it's personal. And uh, it's something you ought to think about.
0: Yeah, I, I, I love that. Yeah. So, before we got started, you mentioned that you've got somebody doing social media for you.
1: I do. Well, I I do some of it, and then she does some of it. She she's based out of New Orleans. We're based out of New Iberia. Um, she knows how to do. She knows how to make all of our Instagram posts and Facebook posts do funny stuff. I say, you know, pecans are jumping in and out of boats and. Trains, and I don't, know how to, I don't know how to do all that stuff. Right. But I still have an eye, and I still can take a picture of a pretty orchard or a great old truck running down the highway. And, and so I've done a lot of posting to our own site based on the things that I like and people might resonate with. Um, but we do have somebody that handles a, a lot of our social media posting that we have.
0: So as, as, as a mail-in, a mail-order business is what, I'm, what y'all was originally on. Right. Is, still probably one of the higher ticket numbers. What made you decide to take that leap of faith and that shift into the social media world? Well,
1: I mean, I think it's like for all businesses. I mean, we slowly embraced it. And as it got more popular, we started embracing more platforms. And so primarily we're active on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. But we had a conversation just yesterday. Should we start doing some stuff on TikTok? You know, I mean, there's a group coming up. And one of the suggestions that we had... Was well, that I had was why don't we try to find uh, 5 to 15 child-friendly recipes with pecans, whether it's pecan cookies or muffins or something simple, and we get two two young people that are of the TikTok generation and let's do some recipes and let's have fun with it and make a little music and start to get this, this up-and-coming crowd used to the idea of cooking and using pecans and how to make it fun.
0: Yeah. And, and
1: so we're, 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 we're thinking about how to do that kind of thing. I think it's important.
0: Yeah, and, and, then, and then taking that those TikTok videos and repurposing them for Instagram Reels. Yeah. And, and utilizing both platforms. I'm a big promoter of going where the people already are. Right. Don't recreate the wheel. If you've got eyes and you've got audiences in certain locations, figure out the best way to reach the most of them. Right. And then execute
1: I like that idea by going where the eyes are. There's a lot of eyes in those platforms.
0: Yeah, I mean. And there's a
1: whole another group, a whole another generation coming up. And one of the things that I'll just tell you, are listening to audience this, and one of the things that I fear is I'm, I'm always fe- fearful that we're going to fall out of favor with the next generation. I don't want pecans to become your grandfather's gift. Right. I want pecans to always be a part of the here and now. You know, we live in the deep south. And pecans have a great, they've kind of woven themselves into our southern lifestyle. Um, we love uh, pecans. We love dishes that feature pecans. We love to drive down old highways and byways and see pecan trees. Uh, I love the sight of a good manicured orchard. That makes me stop my car and pull over and kind of admire it. So it's, it's really part of our lifestyle. I don't want that to become... Um, your grandfather's lifestyle yeah i want to continue to reach to young folks to let them know that hey pecans are hip pecans are cool we actually have a shirt we sell called pecans are cool i sure i should have wore tonight i'm kind of
0: feeling sad that i didn't under the jacket and everything under the jacket that's right gosh okay so as as the cno the chief nut officer you have and with the the very lengthy bio of everything that comes behind your years yeah i'm sure you've harnessed some lessons along the way so yeah. as we're starting to kind of wind down the show, sure. what are what are three lessons you've gathered Oh, three your of them. I mean, if, if you could narrow it down, we'll uh, more. I,
1: I thought you were going to ask the old, like, what would the older JD tell the younger JD? No,
0: um, no. But uh, no, if, I love that.
1: I, I always, always love that interview question. What would the older person tell the younger uh, self? You know, if there's been one thing about business that I can tell your listening to the audience is, um, relationships are everything. And as you get older, as you move through your 30s and you move into your 40s and you move into your 50s, you really start to realize it when you start getting into your mid-40s about, hey, you know, I I used to know a guy that used to do X or, hey, I came across this woman at at this time in my life and she might still be in this particular role. You start to realize how much relationships really, really matter. And so my advice to young people is to understand that harness it and to stay in touch some kind of way with everybody you meet along the way because at some point you might have to go back to that relationship that you formed 15 years ago 20 years ago it might be it might be for a personal favor it might be for a political favor it might be for a business opportunity might be for a job might be for a product you're trying to push i mean all these digital platforms especially like linkedin they kind of Make your relationships for you, but there's nothing bad about bona fide relationships that you've stayed in touch with over the years. Whether you're calling them, texting them, sending a gift, sending a card, just stay in touch. Yeah, because relationships matter. I love that, and you, 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 and they matter in so many different ways. Of course. So, um, you know, I think the older I get, the more I feel. Com- I feel good about the fact that I kept up with relationships. When I was young, in my mid-20s, first getting out of school and getting in my real job, I had three ring binders that I used to keep. Those baseball card binders, we used to put the baseball cards in, but yeah, I had yeah, business yeah. cards in mine. I had business card binders. I kept every business card I ever got. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone back through business cards looking for a name or something or a, went into a bar or a restaurant, got a business card, wrote down the the situation where was i maybe some funny thing that was said some memorable uh, topic we covered uh those kind of things really matter in the long run
0: they, they do and and ever more so now than ever before with the fact that we have the ability to connect with somebody over a text right uh, an i am whatever the form of communication right. may be it's so instant we don't have to write a letter and mail it and wait for a week to hear back right we, we can send them a text and instantly we're reconnected we can say hey Let's go grab a beer. Let's come down to Spoonbill and get some food. You know, something of that nature is so easy to do now. There's really no excuse for not. Well, and and
1: to that point, also I'll say this. All of us, and I say all of us, we're all included in this. We're all getting inundated with messaging in our inboxes, our DMs, and all these different platforms. And so whenever you can do something to converse with somebody that stands out a little bit, You have an advantage absolutely because we get to our offices on monday mornings and thursday mornings and we come back from lunch and on wednesday afternoon we're like oh my god this inbox i just went through 40 messages and i got 30 more to go through where do they come from Uh, but you get a piece of mail you look away from the computer you open it up it's got a can of pecans with it you're like oh look at my boy patrick he sent me a little letter he sent me a little can of pecans." If you don't think that doesn't get people's attention, oh, it you're, does. you're mistaken.
0: It it, it it does, and that's and it gets a powerful undivided attention. That's right. Because you know when it it, it kinda goes back to like eating with people, sharing a meal with somebody right. is a very intimate experience. Right. Sending a letter or sending an email is a blink of an eye and it's sent, but sitting and having a conversation over the course of a meal and even sending a food item, cons, and having that shared experience is so powerful in the long run. It's incredible. Um, So another question I have for you is, what would you do today that you did as a kid if no one stopped you?
1: If no one stopped me? Yes. What did I do as a kid that I would do today if no one stopped me? Oh, that's an interesting question. Maybe you're probably acting more like a kid. Uh, maybe that's <laughs> the <grow> thing. You not <laughs> You know, I'm 51 years old. And, 51, um, years young. Yeah, 51 years young. Come on. Yeah, 51 years young. 50 is the new what? The new 25? Wow, that's what um, I've heard. That's what I heard. <laughs> Except when you play basketball with your 15-year-old son, you feel like 70 when you get up the next morning. But let me tell you something. I think being youthful in spirit, youthful in heart, being a little lighthearted in your life can go a long way. Absolutely. I mean, we shouldn't all take ourselves so serious. There's some very serious people that have some very serious jobs in this world. And they ought to approach their job seriously because we need, you know, we need serious thinkers in certain situations. 100%. So, like, but otherwise, if you're in a business where you can be a little lighthearted, uh, embrace that. You know, embrace that. And um, I, I think I've done that. I think if you talk to some of the folks that know me best... And know me intimately they would say oh yeah jd's you know always um you know he's got a different personality he's a little bit more lighthearted than the most most folks and i I think that's a i think that's an asset for me right it's always worked well for me now if you're a lawyer if you're a lawyer and i've got a serious criminal defense problem i really don't want you to be like some funny son of a bitch i I have a problem (laughs) but if you're hawking pecans i mean ah you know i get a pass
0: yeah, it's it's knowing your industry. That's right. And knowing and your audience. What you, and yes, knowing your. I'm audience. a chief not officer.
1: I mean, with that it's title,
0: amazing.
1: with that title comes certain assumptions that people are wedding you know they're they're expecting from me.
0: Yeah.
1: So you have to deliver sometimes.
0: And, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, nothing wrong with that.
1: So two more questions for yeah. you. Yeah.
0: What do you love most about Louisiana?
1: I love everything about Louisiana.
0: The Second person that's caught me with that answer.
1: I. I think if things get really shitty out there, we just put a wall up and we're done with everybody. We annex, we're out. We got our own own food, we got our own language, we got our own music, we got everything we need to sustain here in Louisiana. I uh, am a typical boomerang baby. I have lived in six different parts of the United States and every time I moved away I came back. And when I moved back to Louisiana in 2002 from Chicago, I had a great job living and working in Chicago. I'll never leave again. And listen, I love Chicago. Chicago is a great town. And, really, and I had a great job there. But Louisiana has sustained me in so many different ways. Uh, I love the people. I, I even love the hardships. I mean, we just came out of a two hurricanes that hit in southwest Louisiana. Lake Charles got hit twice. Yeah. Uh, Lafayette was on the edge twice. We had some damage here. We had a historic flood just two weeks ago in New Iberia. We had a freak rainstorm that flooded our offices uh, just two weeks ago. So we've had three major catastrophes just in the last three or four months. But even despite all of that, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Man, I just, I think the people are genuine. I think they're hardworking. I think we're, we're, but we're also playful. Uh, I love her attitude, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm never leaving Louisiana again unless I'm just going to visit somewhere, and I'm always coming back. I love everything about Louisiana. And look at that. I got something to prove you too. Look at that. Look at that. Uh,
0: Louisiana. I love Louisiana Inc., huh? I love it. I love it. <laughs> Nailed it. Okay. Well, then, for the final question, what um, what can I do to help you?
1: What can you do to help me? Yeah. Every time you get on the Patty G Show, you need to remind people that gifting with pecans is a great idea, and that's like what it. you can do for me. I like and it. tell people that um, Cane River Pecan Company is just this great, family-owned, 50-plus-year company that you had a chance to know in Spoonville in Lafayette, Louisiana, and um, you uh, got indoctrinated to the power, the power of gifting. And what that can do to transform your business.
0: And that's, I I did. I did tonight. Then we win. I love that. Well, thank you, JD, so very much. You're so very welcome. Thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Hey,
1: listen, it was my honor. Um, I think what you're doing is great. You're exposing all these great business leaders here in the South. I think, you know, Louisiana gets a bad rap sometimes. We forget how many great entrepreneurs there are in this state. We forget about the entrepreneur spirit. Yes. And right here, I can't speak for other parts of the state, but I can speak for Lafayette, Acadiana area. Because we come from the oil and gas guys. And the oil and gas guys, man, they had an idea. They would go for it. didn't matter if you had a college education or a high school education or no high school education. Yep. And so we saw these people getting out there in the oil and gas business, opening fabrication shops or pipe shops or helicopter businesses or whatever it was. That was very impactful for people. So it doesn't surprise me that we have such great entrepreneurs in the South, especially in Louisiana. And I think that you're exposing them and telling their stories. I think that's a
0: wonderful thing. Local entrepreneurs sharing local stories. That's, it, that's the roots of the show. I love it, man. Well, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. And I want to say thank you to everybody else for listening or watching. Whatever platform you're listening to this on or watching this on or enjoying this content on, I thank you. Be sure to give a shout-out and a follow to Cane River Pecan Company, wherever you're on can social we, media. Can we
1: give some information? Yeah. yeah give can, it, where, can, can
0: they, where can they find Well, Cane can River, can River Pecan Company, you can find us at caneriverpecan.com. And
1: that's C-A-N-E, caneriverpecan.com. And, uh, of course, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. Uh, wherever wherever you go, we're there. And, and uh, we'd love to work with you.
0: Yeah. And, and, if, and if you're listening to the show or you're listening to the podcast – It's all going to be linked up in the show notes. I'm going to have every social platform, every website, everything's going to be linked in the show notes. So whatever platform you're listening on, check out the show notes, click the links, check them out, and give gifts 12 months out of the year. That's right. Why not? 12 months out of the year, give gifts. I
1: mean, if you don't want to grow your business, don't do it.
0: Yeah, that's right. (laughs) If you don't have the prospects, if you don't want to have the reach, if you want to get out there to people, then don't give gifts. Don't give gifts. If you want to, by all means, give gifts. That's right. Well, y'all, thank y'all so very much. I am Patty G., the host of The Patty G. Show, here with J.D. of Kane River Perpon Company. Y'all have a good one. Thanks.